Hello everybody and welcome to your Blood Red podcast with myself, Andy Kelly uh, And tonight, uh, we are into tonight, yes, it's a bit of a late pod this one for us uh, I'm happy to say we are indeed joined by our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce Hi James Evening Andy And uh, also backing us up, uh, everybody else has left the building I think But uh, here he is, it's the man himself, Tall Paul Gorst, you alright Gorsty? <laughs> I'm alright Andy, yeah um, Anyway, we're here to... Uh, do uh, a little look forward to um, Newcastle, a game, Piercy, that could be really important for Liverpool because the way the fixtures work out, we've got Chelsea going to Man City uh, on the weekend, and if Liverpool could get three points, things are starting to look rosy in that top four garden, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you could have a situation, can you, with Liverpool are seven points clear of Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, as Klopp was keen to stress at, at Melwood today, just vitally important that they they take care of their own business. You know they can't control anything elsewhere. Been on a fantastic run, but you know as as the message has been pretty consistent. You know don't don't sit back and and bask in what you've already already done because there's there's so much more to to go and achieve. It's a huge week with, with obviously you know Newcastle coming to Anfield, then Porto, which you know should be should be a, a, you know, a straightforward night with this huge cushion from the first leg and then you know then it's then it's the big focus will be on that that trip to Old Trafford so um yeah there's there's you know despite the form Liverpool are in there is little room for maneuver and as we've seen from Newcastle the last couple of times that they've Liverpool have come up against them you know under Benitez they are a, a tough nut to crack you know they're not particularly blessed with a, an array of Premier League quality but you know, as any any Liverpool fan knows, Benitez is a is an absolute expert at organising a team and, and making them difficult to beat. Gorsty, um how are you approaching the game in terms of um, your thoughts? About it? it used to be that Liverpool Newcastle, we just automatically assumed it would be bundles of goals and everything else. Um, we'd all love the regulation, probably two nil. Uh, tomorrow night wouldn't we and we don't have many of those I think the Southampton was the first one of the season yeah. and uh, um, you got any f- any fears about sort of what, what Rafa can what can sort of conjure up a little bit uh, as James says you know Benitez as we all know uh, is the best at kind of getting the, the most out of, out of a limited side should we say um, and I, I don't think he has great quality available to him at Newcastle you look around the, the squad and, and there's not many takers there um, but I think with, with that kind of game plan, I, th- I think it kind of suits Benitez to, to set the team up to to frustrate, be a bit uh, a bit, bit stubborn and, and dig in, and, and I think that that's how he'll approach it. But I think for Liverpool, um, in terms of the top four battle, as I said last week, they should just be looking at second now. Um, you know, they, they should forget about you know worrying about maybe Tottenham or Chelsea. I think they should just be aggressive and target Manchester United and, and fit the target the runners up spot. Arsenal gone now in that race, uh, Piercy, after their... Yeah. Uh, I didn't think they were actually as bad against Man City on Thursday night as they were maybe in the yeah. final on Sunday. And they had some chances early on maybe to go ahead in the game, but obviously some very good City moves for goals. And, uh, um, yeah, beginning to look maybe four from five. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think Arsenal weren't particularly bad in that first half. It was just City were... Absolutely ruthless and, and clinical, um, but yeah, I think Arsenal have cut too far adrift now. I think it is, and obviously City are the champions elect, so it's it's four clubs going for three places. Um, no, I think it'd be interesting to see 
how Chelsea react to that that defeat at, at Old Trafford last week, um, and obviously a tough weekend for them. Um, but it's yeah, it is you, you you can see it remaining pretty tight right down to the wire. And obviously Liverpool have got to go to Old Trafford next week. That's going to be a key game in the context of that top four. Um, but you know the, the promising thing is that, that Liverpool are, are you know what we had ten games to go the you know, the start of the real business end of the season, and you know you can you can sense there's a real buzz around the place because you know although there's been a little bit of illness and, and sickness which has taken a couple of players out this week, um, by and large it is almost a, a fully fit Liverpool squad, and as we've seen in the last few weeks, you know. It, you know, players have been putting their hands up and making big contributions from all areas of the field. Of course, did you do you feel like James mentions that trips to Old Trafford that the three points on Saturday night's even more vital because it just gives you that little cushion in going to Old Trafford and anyone can go. Certainly, any Liverpool team um, just because of the rivalry really, can go down the road and and lose because you know they're. It's one of the few games there are crowds up for. Yeah. It's you know the, the, even Mourinho I think said like, like after the Chelsea game. Well, you know Chelsea's not the game. It's you know Liverpool is the is the game for us, and so they will presumably be up for it. And there's the chance you can get beat there, even if you're in decent form. It is, yeah. But I think Liverpool have kind of turned a little bit of a corner this season in terms of winning the matches that, that they should do on paper, um, particularly the home matches. So. You know, three points tomorrow just gives them that, that cushion, as you say, doesn't it, for, for the big one against United, um, which could kind of cement their, their tough four status should they, they get the result they want. Um, but I think if you're looking ahead to United, it'll be a difficult one morning because you know United turned up against Chelsea um, and got the result that they wanted, and, and you know it was another setback for for Chelsea, who seems to be on a little bit of a stuttering run, don't they? Um, so I think that'll be the one that Jürgen Klopp might just be looking at over the horizon and thinking that'll be the one that kind of makes sure breaks where he's targeting that, that second place finish. Piercy Gorsty mentions that you know the fact that Liverpool are better at beating these winning these games they're meant to win, especially at home. Um, Klopp spoke about the or was asked about the the unbeaten home league record uh, today, he, and he wasn't having much truck with it really in the sense that he was saying. If we if we we can stay on beating for the rest of the season by drawing the yeah. next five five games and everyone will be really upset about it, so um, it's about winning games. He was saying, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he also quite liked the fact that the question was over, overlooking the fact that obviously Liverpool lost to West Brom at home yeah. in the FA Cup, and he, he, I think he he said, "So we don't have to count West Brom." That, that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Yeah. The um, I mean, it would be an achievement uh, to go through the, you know the whole league season uh, unbeaten at Anfield, but. Yeah, I think you know Klopp's not a, he's not he hasn't got much time has he for the statistics like that. I think he knows you know the bigger picture is making sure they get in that top four. I mean Liverpool haven't achieved back to back top four finishes obviously since Benitez's reign at Anfield. Um, you know, they've they've struggled to to follow up when they've when they've done that. You know you think of obviously the the year under Rodgers when you know came close to winning the title and then completely fell away. Um, so it would be. You know, it's a it's a key part of Liverpool moving forward again. Um, you know, obviously this week was six years since Liverpool last won a trophy, and you know I think you, you don't you don't want to get too carried away with top four finishes because it, it should ne- that should never be the extent of Liverpool's ambitions. And you know Klopp himself, you know knows knows that you know it's that's 
you know, his reign will ultimately be determined by what he wins, and the same, the same with the owners. You know, I think that their their ownership will be defined by that as well. But as we know, being part of the Champions League is just absolutely crucial to being able to build again. Um, and you know, it is a very, very competitive race as well. You know, when you think that you look at it at the moment, and and you you'd say probably Chelsea look the most vulnerable to miss out. Um, and when you think, you know, the money that's been been thrown at thrown at that squad, um, so it would be an achievement. But it's also more about what it means this summer in April, being able to to push on and, and challenge for for even more. Let's think about the the, the, the possible threats from Newcastle. We know uh, John Joe Selvi is out, and uh, there are worries in the northeast to think that his knee injury may be a serious one. He's going for a second set of scans, so obviously he won't be playing. Back at Anfield, um, Dwight Gale, though a man who has caused, it's uh, a pity Christian Walsh isn't here. We could have uh, uh, perhaps uh, mentioned his nemesis to him, but uh, <laughs> Dwight Gale has uh, Dwight Gale has uh, has caused yes, he, he has caused plenty of upset to Liverpool supporters over, over the years. Gorstian. Uh, and in form as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Did he get a brace last week against Bournemouth? Yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I remember one of them was basically a back heel on the line, wasn't it? Um, I suppose you can you can look throughout probably Premier League history and, and find these these strikers who are on top level and, and they've just caused Liverpool problems over the years. I mean, and Dwight Gale certainly comes into that that category. Um, it's a strange one because you know he he's nowhere near the, the kind of level like pre, pre, top level Premier League, but he, he does seem to cause Liverpool problems and you know his confidence will, will be sky high on it from from that double against Bournemouth. Um, I think I think that's the key word in terms of strikers and having records against teams. I think you get a couple of goals early against the team. Next time you play them, you sort of think, "Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I get, I'm, you know, I get a little bit lucky against this team," yeah. and that just makes you feel like you can score. And that's any striker you ever talk to. The one word they always talk about is confidence, isn't it? Well, isn't M- Michael Allen was similar, wasn't he, with Newcastle? I mean, obviously he, he was a top level striker, but he, he always seemed to score against Newcastle and Aston Villa, I think. Yeah, yeah. So they get these little. So let's let's hope we don't see uh, Dwight Gales. Uh, I think we have played him the last couple of times. I don't think he's necessarily caused us too many problems. Um, I don't remember but, him playing in, against. Was it October? First of October, wasn't it? Newcastle. Away. Yeah, they had Josalu leading yeah. the line that day, didn't they? Who obviously somehow. Oh, he's about, he's about as quick as I am. And he, yeah, <laughs> burst through a gaping hole, and I think it was Matip, wasn't it, who struggled to to. Uh, to, to get back and, and deal with it, um, but yeah, I think even that day kind of shows you, you know, Liverpool weren't weren't really at it that day, but you know, Newcastle again did frustrate them for long periods, and you know, it could be that type of game again where you know players and fans alike have to be patient, I and mean, even even last weekend against West Ham, although you know it was an absolute procession in the end, you know that that first twenty twenty five minutes, Liverpool you know, started the game well, but. And they they did have to did have to keep at it before they got their reward, and I can I can see it being a similar type of game again. I don't think you know Benitez isn't gonna isn't gonna be gung ho. He, you know he'll be he'll be looking to to try and frustrate them. I think I think probably the pleasing thing from a Liverpool perspective was I only saw the highlights of Newcastle Bournemouth last weekend, but certainly Bournemouth's goals late on, just you know Newcastle not tracking runners and. And you know, Bournemouth managed to create, you know, two or three really quality chances in those last ten minutes, and 
certainly with the the pace and the movement of Liverpool's front three, you know, if, if they clock off like that again, then you know it won't be it, it won't be too long before uh, Liverpool uh, find that breakthrough. Yeah, we should go to say they're they're in decent form for a side. I think they sit 14th Newcastle, albeit pretty close to the, the two relic. points. Uh, yeah, yeah two points yeah, above. They're but jump back down think, yeah, that's, um, but they've lost one of the last eight and two of their last ten. And the only te- the only team that's beaten them in those two games is Manchester City. So um, should have won last week against Bournemouth. You know, there was two yeah, yeah. two in the last ten minutes from uh, from Bournemouth and. Uh, the, the, it's not going to be an easy game, is it? I mean, for all that we we can, you could sense that if Liverpool got an early one, then you could go on and, and win it quite easily. But you suspect that uh, that, that as, you know, as Piercy says, Rafa will make it difficult. Yeah, it's it's like any any of these type of games. You think if Liverpool score early, then it's it's a case of how many is it going to be. But as I said, I think that this this type of uh, situation will suit Benitez. He's very much a defensive man, the coach, isn't he? And, he likes to to, uh, to get men behind the ball and, and sit in and pack, pack the defence where he can. Um, I, I think it'll, it's a completely different Liverpool team to the one that they played in October. I think at the time we, we were kind of talking every game about Liverpool creating a half full of chances and how, how haven't they scored them. And um, it was it was around that, that time of year uh, before they finally put it to bed against uh, was it Maribor when he had seven. Um, but Liverpool at the moment are free scoring every single week. They're banging in threes and fours. Um, so it'll be a, a different Liverpool team that Benitez will have to contend with. But saying that, he, he does like this kind of situation. Yeah, the um, James, he was he was talking the manager in his press conference about the sort of the air of positivity around the club because obviously they're on a good run, um, about to go into the quarterfinals. You know, touch wood of, of the of the Champions League next <coughs> next week. Um, doing well in the league, you know, had moved up to second, back down to third. Albeit in a result that probably suited Liverpool, uh, Man United, Chelsea, um, but he's 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 basically his whole manner is look I'm not I'm not prepared to get positive about it yet. Uh, you know he wants to see something tangible. I suppose, yeah, he? I think he, one of his quotes was he, he said I like to be positive after a game rather than before a game. You know because he he made the point you know if, if Liverpool don't perform to the level they need to be against Newcastle then. He knows that the mood will, will be very different, but you know he did he did acknowledge obviously in a week when Liverpool released a, a set of very promising financial figures um, that he feels that the club's in decent shape both on and off the pitch. And you know, he talked about you know that what an addition to Anfield the main stand has been, and the fact that the owners are back in his vision for that fifty million pound new training ground complex at Kirby, which you know building work on that will start this summer. And he and he said you know I've had the backing that I. That I've asked for to bring in some fantastic players, and you know, again, he spoke about wanting to retain, you know, the, the top talent that, that that's at the club, and then strengthen again this summer. So, um, yeah, I think you know, you, I think you can tell from from Klopp's body language and and gem, his general demeanour that you know he is he is happy with with the way things are at the moment, rightly so, but you know, just with a little note of caution as well because. You know, I think I think he's been in football long enough to know that this isn't the time of year where you sit back and tell everyone how brilliant you are and what a great year it's been. Because you know, if if Liverpool were to slip up against Newcastle and then lose at Old Trafford, they you know they could find themselves outside the top four. And if they got a horrendous draw in the Champions League, you know that 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 dream could 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 end soon as well. So there's a lot to go for. But you know, I think. Um, you know, I was down at Melwood speaking to Andy Robertson yesterday, and 
he, he said that you know some of the words that Klopp used to the media last weekend were the same ones he's been saying to the players this week at, at Melwood in training about you know wanting to stay angry you know don't go soft um, because he, he knows this is such a crucial period that will make or break the season. Yeah, of course it is. It is. You know, Pearcey outlines that nightmare scenario of you know maybe lose a game against Newcastle, then you've got Old Trafford. Yes, you'll probably go through against Porto, of course, and then. But if you grab a stinking draw, and suddenly your season becomes in great jeopardy, and that that's just a sign of, you know, how tight things are. You know, apart from you know City have obviously you know the title wrapped up. They've got a trophy in the cabinet, and they must be sitting relatively pretty. But for everybody else, it's it's, it's still nervous times, isn't it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. As I say, from like maybe seventh down to down to the bottom, the, how many points separates that many places? Um, I think that the point you're making, I think, kind of ties in with how Liverpool are in general. It's you know, it's either winning, it's great, and we're going to win this, that, and the other, or it's a draw, and it's all you know, seasons crashing in front of our eyes. I think it's just the way of the world at the moment, um, the way of the football world is rather. Um, so yeah, it's. I mean, I think I think Liverpool. I mean, I I, I kind of mentioned it a couple of weeks back. I think. That, Possibly on the cusp of something, and now I think the only thing left for them is the Champions League. Now I'm not saying that they're going to go and win the, the number six in, in Kiev in May. I'm not, not quite nailing me, me Christian Walsh colours to the mast, <laughs> but I, I do think maybe long term that this Liverpool team can do something serious, um, and, I, and I think we're seeing it now. So I think what is it? Maybe three defeats the whole season, two in the last twenty odd games or whatever it is. Liverpool are a real team at the moment. Yeah, and I think Klopp knows that, James. I think that's why he's so desperate for them to keep focused because I think he knows that if they do that, they've got the raw ability and and now a solid defensive structure to you know Jan Moby in his column today and the Echo was talking about he he you know he thinks Liverpool are a very good balanced team now in terms of yeah. defensively as well as well as attack. Yeah, and I think that's the difference, isn't it? Because probably before that. You you know you were almost saying Liverpool had to try and go and outscore teams because they did look vulnerable defensively and it, it, you don't get that feeling now. I think you, know, you take last weekend as a snapshot and yeah the front three were outstanding all got their goal um, but you know right through the spine of the team you know you look at Van Dijk couple of uncertain performances early on but absolutely grown and grown in stature looks so much fitter now you can see exactly why Klopp was prepared to wait to get his man um, you know I think the, the fullbacks been getting a lot of praise again richly deserved Robertson you know absolutely outstanding the performance he's putting in Trent on the other side as well um, equally as good and then and you look at someone like James Milner and the, the shift that he put in um, Emery Chan popping up with a goal it's you know there's he's got real options there. it was interesting listening to Klopp today talking about the rotation as well um, you know he was asked about the rotation earlier on in the season saying you know do you think that's contributed to the situation you find yourself in now without any major injury issues at all um, and, he, and, he, and he said well yeah that was part of it but he said also you know I'm still rotating now you know you look at what he did against West Ham and the changes there and he said he said you know he, that's all part he said of using the squad and he said he wants to ensure that, that those hunger levels are maintained. But you know, if you bring someone in, you're giving them, you know, they're they're fresh. You're giving them that chance to to impress. 
and then it, you know it's also a bit of a kick in the backside for that that person who's had to is had to make way. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes this weekend team wise because I suppose if you were being picky, you know probably last weekend one who probably didn't cover himself in glory was Joel Matip and you know I thought that was a bit of an odd decision to to break up that centre back partnership between Van Dijk and, and Lovren, which had uh, it looked so good before that. So you know you'd, you'd envisage that that Lovren would come back in, but um, yeah. Aside from that, you know, obviously Henderson's probably the other one. Um, you know, it was good to hear Klopp say that that Henderson had trained normally all week, um, having been left out last weekend as a precaution. Well, he said it was his best week's training in the last three or four weeks, mm. which was seemed to me to be a giant hint that he'll maybe start tomorrow. Yeah, well, I think especially because he said that Milner had been carrying a knock, didn't he? He said it was a bit odd because he said it, it's not an injury, it's just a knock. Um, but uh, which would make you think that, and obviously Wijnaldum has still been hampered by this sickness bug, so you'd imagine you'd be looking at a midfield three of, of Chan, Henderson and, and Oxlade-Chamberlain, who I suppose Oxlade-Chamberlain is probably the perfect example of what Klopp was getting at in terms of making changes when maybe you don't have to make them, but because you've seen something in someone in training during the week, which you think is going to lead to them really putting in a, a big performance and Oxlade-Chamberlain certainly did that against West Ham. Yeah, I thought he was quite enough first half, but second half I thought he was tremendous, yeah. wasn't he? And uh, um, so I'll throw one out to Boofies here. Um, when was the last time Klopp named an unchanged team? See, I'll, I'll give you a... T- this is, this is what they call dead air time, but I'm giving you everybody out there <laughs> listening to the pod ten seconds to have a little thought on this one. Um, it's a, it, uh, is it this season? It, it, yeah, 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 it is this season. I should know this since I, I write the team news piece <laughs> an hour and ten minutes before every game. Um, no, you're going to have to put well, that on. I, I, I must give credit to Neil Mellor for, uh, for who mentions this in his column. Uh, Was it when they played West Ham? No, uh, not not West Ham. Just gone at West Ham. Uh, no, no, no. Before the 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 one and only time the season he's named an unchanged team from match to match was Watford to Hoffenheim, which was Watford oh, was the opening oh. Premier League game. So, um, and that was obviously the Champions League playoff, and you know, I guess two big games on the trot, wasn't it? You know, sort of your yeah. home, your home. You, your first Premier League game and your and your uh, big Champions League playoff. So um, yeah, that's a, if, that, if that's that's wrong, by the way, it's uh, Neil Meller of <laughs> Chester <laughs> who you want to. Uh, but uh, I'm sure Neil's got it right. He doesn't get many things wrong. Um, but I suppose that that makes a wider point of how Klopp's improved the squad from from last year. When you look back at it, you know the likes of Brian Brewster was on the bench at one point, wasn't he? And it was like Crystal Palace, the infamous yeah, Crystal Palace yeah, game. Yeah, got your under 18s on the bench. Um, so I suppose that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, totally, mate. And and I, I mean, I, I think we will again. Uh, we will see changes against Newcastle because because he can, and you can see those changes without a noticeable drop in, hopefully, drop in quality coming in. Yeah, and particularly uh, with the five 0 against Bolton next week. Yeah, absolutely. So if we look at the team, can Carries will be yep. Carries will stay in goal. As James, you mentioned going down to see Robertson this week. I can't see that he'd want to change Robertson. I think if he's going to give Moreno yeah. a run out, surely it's Porto. Porto is perfect for yeah, Moreno, absolutely. Isn't it? Plus, that gives Robertson then a nice week to prepare for yeah. Old Trafford, doesn't it? Um, other side, I think if, New- if Newcastle are going to try and do a, a Rafa special in terms of frustration, I think Trent's got a much better chance of being able to produce something than Joe Gomez. Yep. So yep. he stays in for me. Um, I thought Matip had a very poor first half against West Ham, came back again, 
like the most of the side did in the second, but for me, Lovren comes back in alongside Van Dijk. Yeah, no argument with oh, that. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is good. Um, so far, so good. Um, Henderson, I think, will come in for Milner because of his knock. We've got Chan still. Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, keeps And Oxlade after a good second half. And there's no reason to change the front three, and I think we, we just need to keep it going, don't we? Or would anyone's fancy a change? Go no, to, that, no. That, no I, I don't think you can change the front three because I think the drop in quality is so sharp that it's... Uh, it's That's where we set. don't quite have the squad yeah, strength, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and also, just it, it shows you that just what an absolute massive thing that first leg win in Porto was because if if that had been 2-0 or 1-0 or, or something like that you know we'd be sat here going oh, you, maybe you should hold Salah back for, for Tuesday night or you know we don't want to risk for me it might, might be one for Danny Ings or whatever but no I think because of Liverpool effectively killing off that tie already there's absolutely no reason to change that front three you know that I, despite what everything Klopp has said when he's spoken about the Porto second leg so far you know, you, you you almost treat the you know the the Porto game in midweek as as a game for the squad players and your 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 main front line players get the full week then between Newcastle and United. It's kind of like a League Cup tie, isn't it? That Porto yeah, game, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they Porto <laughs> as we speak are about to take the field against um, Sporting Lisbon and the Clasico in Portugal. Right. Um, they're five points clear. Um, Lisbon are level with Benfica uh, in second and third, so um, that's that's their almost I think their biggest game of the week um, because if they can win that, I think that's you know that's almost them sort of with one hand on the trophy. I think so. Um, hopefully, you know, Porter don't do and daft like score a couple of early goals and uh, scare us all to death. Mm. But uh, I've never think, never won in England, have they? I think in some like eighteen attempts or something stupid. Yeah, Porter. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think, and. I think Porto, for all Klopp says, is I'd be very surprised if Danny Ings isn't starting that game. Yeah. You know, because he, he has looked sharp Ings when he's played recently. Yeah, and even Solanke on the back again, a hat trick for the twenty threes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there's there's players in that. You know, Clavan who hasn't even got on the bench has he of late. You know, yeah. a player who you know nine times out of ten never lets you down when he comes into the side. Yeah. Um, Gomez, we said Moreno needs a game. It'd be interesting to see what he does with the keeper. You know, does he? Because Carius is in a good a good rhythm at the moment, does he play him, or does he even you know if he, does he turn to to Mignolet or even Danny Ward? You know, that's, it might be an opportunity for Ward. Yeah, Pat had a very good game in the uh, in the in the in the international cup for the twenty threes the other night. Danny Ward in the snow at Lee. Sadly, uh, Porter won it in the last minute two one uh, for a little bit of revenge for them over the uh, Champions League. But uh, uh, it was a young Liverpool team and they they, they did well generally. Um, uh, so, yeah, we've got our team, and uh, probably Adam Lallana is probably the one we haven't mentioned that maybe yeah. he could maybe get a run out Porto at least, and maybe depending on how Newcastle's going, you could see him getting some game time, couldn't you? Yeah, he came off the bench didn't he last last weekend, and yeah, I think again, as we said earlier, how the squads evolved over the course of the season. He that's probably the perfect example, isn't it? The fact that he obviously missed so much football. Um, yet the fact that Liverpool have been able to thrive without him when, you know, if, if you re- rewind to last summer, we'd have been talking then about just how important Lallana is to the way Liverpool tick and, and you know, the, the value of him to Klopp. And you know, Klopp always spoke to me about Lallana being the one who, you know, starts the press. Um, but, you know, Liverpool have been performing so well, he's had to abide his time since he's, he's come back fit. So I think, yeah, he would be one that you definitely have in the starting lineup. Um, 
against Porto. Um, you know, I think tied into that, the other thing Klopp was talking about at length at the press conference today was life without Coutinho and just yeah, yeah. and just how he feels as if the team you know has has developed post Coutinho in terms of a number of players. He said taking on extra responsibility and thriving. Um, Firmino you probably have at the, the front of the queue in terms of, of that list and it was interesting listening to him because he, you know, Klopp said that he feels as if Liverpool now as a team are, are more unpredictable he, you know, he talked about saying that he, he felt that especially on days when Liverpool weren't at their best there was a danger and a tendency to just look to give it to Coutinho and expect him to make something happen and he said you know, he, he feels as if there isn't that kind of like dominant figure in the team now where everyone else looks to it, there, there's a lot of other people putting their hand up and delivering the goods, and you know, I think we've, we've we've seen that, haven't we, in the last yeah. couple of months? I think um, you know we've, I was certainly one of the ones who couldn't believe that Liverpool had sanctioned that deal at such a key part of the season. You know, it, it felt like it was such a huge gamble, waving goodbye to such a gifted player when you still had so much to play for. Um, and you know, as we said before, things can quickly change. But so far, you know, Liverpool have, have surpassed all expectations. I think without Coutinho, um, I think it's you know, since he last played, they played ten games, won seven, scored twenty six goals, and it's, you know, it, it, which is a you know a, an amazing feat. Um, and you know, you just hope they can keep this going because uh, you know I think. Klopp said himself, you know, he, he said, you know, if I didn't think we could keep playing decent football, I wouldn't, you know, I would have put the club first and not sanctioned that deal. Um, and so far, he's been he's been proved absolutely spot on. Yeah, Gorsi, I was talking about Coutinho. I, I I can think from the minute the minute he left the club, I think every, every, I think every time I've watched Liverpool, I think there's only been one moment when I thought to myself, I wish Coutinho. We had Coutinho. I think it was. A, I think it might have been a free kick uh, against West Brom or something like that. Where I thought, you know, we really. That's just when you'd want him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For, I have to say, I, don't, I can't think of another moment in a, in a game where I thought to myself, uh, and of course you miss him. And no one's going to going to say that. You know, those of us who didn't want him, him sold would have him back in a second because he gives you more options and everything else. But it, it does say something about the form of of everybody else. Especially in an attacking sense, because let's face it, Coutinho doesn't give you any, never really give you much in terms of defending. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, d- he did his work because you don't not do your work in a Klopp team, but um, he wasn't a Firmino, for instance, was he, in terms no, of no. work rate? Um, yeah, well, I think I think Liverpool are kind of benefiting from having, you know, one of the best, the, the very best front lines in, in Europe at the moment, um, which kind of covers for Coutinho's absence. Um, but I think it still think it's a bit of a gamble in terms of maybe uh, in, in the next round of the Champions League it's a bit tight nothing's really coming off at the moment and it's just easy for, for someone to say if only we had Coutinho particularly if you know if, if they exit the competition in, in a certain way if they were crying out for a goal in the last 20 minutes and you don't get it it's just easy just to say oh well we could have had Coutinho there um, so it, it's still a bit of a gamble and, and it will be until the end of the season when we find out what Liverpool have achieved and what, and what they haven't achieved, and then they look into the uh, into actually replacing them when the, the window opens. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but being a little bit sort of, you know, if, if Liverpool can progress in the Champions League and actually, you know, they un- do the unthinkable, you know, 
it's a long way off, I know, and I shouldn't <laughs> even talk about it. And I know you're both looking at me like, don't go down that road, and but I, I can't help thinking about it. You know, I've been thinking about it since the very start of the year, and you know, you should, you, I sort of think to myself, well, why did you need to go in January? You could have been part of this and could have made us even stronger and, and to Michael Owen maybe well uh, it was a name I was about to mention yeah. do you know what I mean it could could be that who who knows and to be honest we'd all be it's not about saying to Coutinho you made the wrong decision it's about can Liverpool do something amazing for for everybody who watches them and everyone supports them so um, but you know there's a bit of me that thinks come on there was you know you could have gone over there in the, in the summer and you you know you yeah. could have had the same impact or whatever but uh um, listen, uh, we'll finish just with James just by talking a little bit. You mentioned in passing the uh, the financial results this this uh, week, and we should maybe finish talking about those. Uh, you and I had had, uh, had, uh, had some discussions with Liverpool about it. Um, it was it's difficult not to be you know pretty positive about the financial position the club seems to be in at the moment. Very much so. Yeah, I think um, record revenues. I think what was that twenty. 20- 20% to 364 million 39 million pound profit you know, I think the three main drivers of revenue obviously media match day and commercial um, all taking important steps forward and, and I think and the fact that it was achieved in a year when Liverpool didn't have European football um, just kind of reinforces the direction the club are going in um, Certainly off off the pitch, and we you know, we've we've talked earlier about the progress on it. So, yeah, it certainly certainly bodes well. Um, you know, one of the big standout figures was probably the twelve million in pound increase in in the match day revenues. Obviously, the vast majority of that linked to the new main stand and the, you know, the obviously the corporate hospitality side of that, which has has been very profitable for the club. And when you think, you know, I think Liverpool had probably six or seven fewer home games that season compared to the year before. And with Liverpool back in the Champions League this season, the next set of figures should be uh, should be even better. And you know, I think from the very start, you know, FSG were never going to be you know, sugar daddies ploughing in. You know, they're not. I think John W. Henry said from the start, you know, I don't have shake at the start of my name. You know, it, it was it was always going to have to. They be don't. Run. They don't rule a country, do they? No, <laughs> no, no. And I think you know, I think you look at. I think what John W. Henry worth a couple of billion compared to. I don't know what the uh, sovereign wealth of Abu Dhabi is, but it's considerably more than that. Um, but you know, the the business has been transformed. Um, you know, I think transformation was the word that Andy Hughes, Liverpool's chief operating officer, used. And and when you look at the figures, you know, I was looking back to six years ago when they released the details. Then, in terms of the kind of laid bare the, the mess left by Hicks and Gillette, and you're looking at a fifty million pound loss. Um, you know, they'd written off the vast majority. Of that was a complete write-off in terms of I think the best part of forty million on design costs and legal costs for obviously the stadium in Stanley Park that never got off the ground. You, you look at those accounts and you'd be paying eight and a half million pound to to get rid of Hodgson and his backroom staff. And when you think of the mess the club was in then, both on and off the pitch, it's the difference between light and day where they are now. The the challenge is now that they have to kick on and and actually deliver something tangible because that's the thing because it's all well and good saying you know that everything's rosy financially they're in a great position breaking goal scoring records I think you know, did a story this week on how I think you have to go back to 1896 for the last time Liverpool was scoring uh, goals at this rate per game in a season but 
it has to lead to something. That's the that's the big thing. But there's no question that they've got the right man at the helm in Klopp to, to make that happen. Gorsley, that that's as James mentions the main stand and that twelve million increase. Um, it, I haven't I did the maths on this and the 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 year before they had thirty one home games in that epic Europa League season and uh, they, they they had sixty two million pound uh, revenues at match day, which even even my maths tells me is two million a game. Um, last season they had only twenty four and it was uh, seventy four million revenues, which is just over. Three million a game. So you can see the main stand is flexing its muscles yeah. a million quid a game. That leaves everyone then going, let's get the Anfield Road done. And that was the perhaps I think the slightly disappointing news from supporters' point of view that um, at this stage the club are concentrating their capital investment in the new training ground at Kirby, and that sort of um, while both projects are sort of running parallel, there's necessarily has to be a focus on one. And at the moment it's on the training ground and. The hopes that we could get, you know, a, an early decision on, you know, work maybe started on Anfield Road, um, were rather dashed in that they're, they're still considering the options. Yeah, well, I think Peter Moore said that didn't he back in was it December? Um, that 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 was something that they were looking at, and obviously with, with the demand that the Liverpool have as a, as a club worldwide fan base, they're always going to have people who, who are going to come into Anfield if they can increase the, the capacity to hundred thousand if they could, and, and they'd still get. Bums on seats, um, so it's just it's just the way the pillars as a club. Um, you know the, the main stand revenue, the, the increase that you mentioned there. You know that, that that's superb. I think Liverpool have completely transformed their off-field operations since FSG have come in. You look at the amount of sponsorship that they've got with the likes of Dunkin' Donuts and you know whoever it is. There seems to be dozens of them. Um, that is is a world away from the day that Liverpool. Was celebrating the Champions League win and the club shop was shut, wasn't it? Was, um, it, was, was that Dunkin' Donuts you mentioned there, Paul? Yeah, Dun- Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, uh, just a general variety pack will be will be fine. So yeah, I mean, it, it, as James says, it, it is uh, night and day to, to what it was when, when FSG come in. Um, there's no question that they've improved how Liverpool operate off the pitch, um, but some fans obviously don't always see it that way, and they want to see tangible success on the pitch. Uh, which we all do, uh, and hopefully it is just around the corner. Yeah, f- absolutely fantastic. Well, um, probably end just by asking for you boys for your as tradition uh, for your predictions for tomorrow night. I, my prediction is that it's going to be absolutely Baltic, and uh, <laughs> that I'm going to go for the double thermal uh, uh, tomorrow um, in the hope that I'll be able to feel my fingers. Uh, so anyone reading. Um, my reports from Anfield tomorrow. Remember that my typing hands will be frostbitten, and uh, forgive me the odd typo. But uh, uh, yeah, Ghosty, what are you going for? Um, I, don't, I can't really see Newcastle posing too much of an attacking threat, so I'm going to say two 0 Two 0 for the for the Reds, James. Uh, I think it'll be similar to the West Ham game in terms of having to be patient early on. Um, but I just think. The form that Liverpool's attacking players are in at the moment, they'll just have too much for Newcastle. And I can think, I think by the end it will be relatively straightforward. I'll, I'll go for three nil. Three nil. I actually think Newcastle might get one. Um, Kale. Um, I wasn't thinking of him. I was thinking more set piece. Uh, if Rich uh, is Richie playing, I think he. 
he should be, shouldn't yeah. he? His delivery can be yeah. quite good, and I could see them causing a problem at those. But for all that, we're much better at defending these days. So I'm, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a three-one, I think. But uh, yeah, it's a full house of positivity here. Um, well, listen, this has been your Blood Red podcast. Uh, enjoy your Friday night if it's still Friday night where you are. If not, um, you know it, it's Saturday, and uh, I hope you're looking forward to the game. Let's hope for three points for the Reds, and uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about it all. Thanks for listening. Cheerio.